हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर My name is Pramit and this place is designed to be a central platform to bring conversations with kathakars across the globe. Today I have with me Bina Jawadji. She has been a kathakar for over 40 years in Lahore, Pakistan. This means that she has been practicing kathak before the martial law came in in 77, during the entire regime and after the ban was lifted. She also runs Harsuk School. which is for the children of the local area who are laborers and farmers and those are the people who attend it and this gives them access to artistic and scholastic education which is not normally available to them veena ji how are you i'm fine thank you pramit mm-hmm. uh yeah and i'm really happy to be uh, connected with you and thanks to mumina for connecting us and just to get started with veena ji just uh, since you were since you did get to practice kathak before 77 could you paint us a picture of what was it like in pakistan before 77 before martial law was imposed regarding the arts in kathak uh, you know pramit uh, i feel that before 77 the it was quite a normal sort of a, a civilian you know city lahore used to be said that any artist who wants to be well known or to be to pass as a musician or any artist has to pass uh, our national television we would have uh, you know dances happening folk dances folk singing classical singing um, myself and my cousin went uh, to meet him and to see uh, and to ask for admission to his class and um, it was very exciting he was a very charismatic person and he just took uh, he asked me to do a certain step which i did and he said fine now you can you can join my class uh, he would have regular performances uh, on the stage he would put us up on the stage after one month of training i remember in the alhambra arts council the old building there was a delegation of japanese who came from abroad and he put us on the stage and he said now you do what i've taught you and we we performed and that was just i'm telling in one month of his training in in his one month he really taught us a lot uh, not that we were proficient uh, dancers but he gave us this uh, uh, he encouraged us to be on the stage and to do uh, whatever we knew uh, and uh, i think that training was very important to dance in front of an audience and uh, not to feel shy or inhibited and uh, that was how he took away our fear of uh, dancing in front of everyone and then i also remember that in the alhambra arts council there used to be gardens and the stages would be put up and uh, the dancers would be uh, dancing on the stage outside uh, in open public and the people from outside on the road would come in and see and uh, uh, it was uh, nobody could say there was nothing like inhibition or taboo or uh, this shouldn't be happening 
it was just a very normal uh, society where all of these things did happen and people did go and look at these performances and there was not this talk of oh this is not uh, supposed to be happening this is not islamic this is not you know there was we did not have uh, that uh, how should should you say the priest uh, coming in and saying no this is uh, not right you know so uh, it was a very open in a way i should say open happy happy go lucky uh, people doing their stuff and uh, uh, nobody would bat an eye, you know, eyelid over what was happening. Nobody would be talking like, oh, why they are dancing. I mean, there were still families, conservative families, who wouldn't let their daughters, especially daughters, go and learn. But the thing is that there were, in my class, there were other girls who belonged to uh, families like mine, who would be coming and learning, not many of them. I wouldn't say there were 50 of them, but I remember in the, in the uh, hall in which we used to practice, uh, I still remember it. On one side, we were about 10, 12 girls. On the other side would be 10, 12 boys. And we would be standing in our rows and we would be doing a tatkar and our kathak. And there was no uh, shyness that the boys are also dancing and we are also dancing. Nothing like that. It was Maharaj was such a uh, teacher that he would make everyone feel that they are part of this class. And uh, I can't still believe that what happened afterwards is still unbelievable that it became such an issue. And that happened in that uh, dictatorship when uh, we had this person who came in and banned everything in the name of Islam. And he said, no more dance, no more singing. Everything went off the television. We did never saw any program afterwards. Now you are talking about the period before. No, I'm trying to describe that. So I would say it was quite a normal atmosphere. You know, people just letting others do what they are wanting to do. Hmm. Understood. And yeah, thank you for telling us what it's like and just painting that picture. Hmm. And I guess coming to the next thing. Uh, Vinayji, that when you when the seventies when the when you heard that martial law was happening and dance was being banned, mm. and what was that initial feeling like, and what were the initial days of the regime like when you? The first uh, thing we noted was that the the women who used to come on the television, uh, the national television, may, maybe reading news or something, they were supposed to put a dubatta on their head. All the music programs and dance programs are no longer being shown on the television. We got the order that Maharaj cannot hold his classes in the Alhambra Arts Council. Now, uh, there were a lot of foreign students. Out of there was uh, one French lady, and she immediately said, okay, we will shift the classes to the uh, French center. And we held our demo lectures there at the Goethe Institute, no longer at the Alhambra Arts Council. And that is what happened immediately. So. I mean, you could say that we were not going to give up our katha. Vinaji, so tell me this, like, like most, like there are struggles in the arts in general, in the sense struggles of being, getting paid and get, struggles of getting recognized and just surviving. And 
the problems you all have in the sense being dance not being legal in the country you're doing is just a whole new level for from my perspective so huh. i know kathakas are resilient and they are brave i've talked to a lot of them but huh. when it comes to huh. you when you heard this is going to be banned you said you won't give up um how did you overcome that fear of just having that regime against you uh, actually uh, you know uh, pramit i don't uh, remember any fear it was just that we needed to have the courage and the motivation to do it regardless of what the regime might be saying so uh, we were quite well off in a way that okay it was not public it was not legal we could not do it up in the in open spaces or in uh, you know halls but we i personally was learning kathak for my own benefit for my own heart because it was my passion so i did not actually learn it to earn money you see i was not intending to become a professional dancer i was a, a housewife you could say and uh, i was just following my passion and maharaj used to get his uh, what would i say earn his body uh, he had private uh, you know places where he could he would perform on maybe marriages or weddings or or somebody would call him for a performance you know he would take his students and he would get them to perform over there so maharaj was never out of money that way you know he would still he was still earning uh, through his kathak you know uh, for me and the other students uh, who would have wanted to become professional and they were still training and they would maybe go out of the country for performances and so on and so forth our very great dancer nahid siddiqui uh, a very great kathakar she left the country and she uh, migrated to uk and she had a very good time uh, the Br- british were very cooperative they she had uh, i think she really uh, was helped by that government and she had her students over there and she performed everywhere you know she went but not not from pakistan from pakistan Uh, it was uh, those who wanted to become professional dancers were few and but they would have to then perform out you know abroad not in pakistan but what i did was that in this uh, period of ban uh, because nahid was my ustad behen uh, i wanted the people of lahore to still be able to see kathak and not be deprived of watching kathak so every year she would say bina i'm coming to lahore and i would like to perform so i would make sure to book a hall under my own private name for my own party it was like as if i was holding a function and i would get the noc i had to do a lot of running about getting the no objection certificate from the government and this and that and that for my own uh, party i would say this is my own function private function function which is happening and i would take the stage and i would put nahid on it and then nahid would have a we would have a nice good program with nahid uh, kathak doing kathak and we would have the the appreciative audience 
and I would call them by word of mouth. I would let out word that on such and such a date, we are going to have a performance. And they would uh, come to my house to collect the passes and uh, all through, over the phone, they would know that on this time and date we are having, on this, in this hall, we are having a function. And they would all gather there. It was so nice that for the first four or five years, I, Nahid would be dancing on the stage and they would see a regular Kathak performance happening. Maybe that was just once a year, you know? And uh, uh, hardly anything other th happening than that. And uh, then there were other things which were happening during this uh, time of ban. Of course, we were not sitting idly. We were trying to uh, do all sorts of uh, demo lectures at the Goethe Institute. We were still trying to, uh, what another thing which I did in that period was that I took a house on rent and I wanted to, uh, just from Maharaj, so that Maharaj does not, uh, is not deprived of having regular classes. So in that house, we, the big hall we use for the Kathak and the, the other smaller two, three halls, the rooms, one, there would be a singing uh, art master sitting there. Then I would have an artist uh, who would be teaching painting. So I tried to run this academy, sort of an academy, uh, in which um, basically it was from Maharaj, my teacher, that he would have uh, his students can come there. You know, it was a private house. And, but after one year, Pramit, uh, to organize something like that, and to get people together and to be able to handle their, you know, uh, whatever you could say. You know, people have ways of. So after one year, I couldn't afford it any longer. Uh, it was uh, sort of draining. I wasn't earning anything. I was a housewife. So for me to take out the rent per month was itself quite much, you know. So after a year, I had to close it down because I couldn't keep up. Uh, due to lack of finances. But I tried for one year, I tried that some sort of an uh, academy should be run where while we have yoga, we have kathak, we have singing, we have painting, but it didn't work out. But Maharaj had his other, he had a lot of contacts. Everyone knew him. So he was all, it was not that he was being deprived of any money. There were still people who would be wanting to see his students dance, you know, so there were programs happening throughout these 11 years. It was happening. It was not dead, but it had gone underground. Uh, very few occasions, but still occasions. Maharaj had more occasions and that was it. You know, so we made by, we, we, we survived uh, all these 11 years. Binaji, hmm. uh, yeah, thank you. I, I'm, I love to hear these stories of how resourceful you were and how you've helped out everyone. And sacrifices you made for Kathak in Pakistan. So thank you for sharing all those stories. They're wonderful. And I guess coming to the next thing, since you're talking about Maharaji, and you said that you kind of mentioned that he's kind of always had like resources, performances, and kind of got by. So what do you think it was was about Maharaji that he was able to be have that kind of success in Pakistan? He was a very charismatic person. He uh, was passionate about Kathak, and he was also a very passionate about teaching and uh, he he's just uh, like uh, you know he was trained uh, 
in when he was in dhaka in bengal his father uh, sort of forbade him uh, to practice anything like music or dance or tabla whatever uh, but he was again like a passionate man that's i can only presume because he told me he went to shanti niketan and he learned uh, i think he learned tabla and voice over there and then he uh, became the student of uh, maharaj achan uh, in lucknow gharana delhi and he also acted uh, for aga hasher kashmiri's uh, dramas natak they are called natak so uh, maharaj used to tell me that he used to become uh, act as laila in the story of majnu laila you know uh, that famous story uh, majnu and laila he became laila and uh, he would act on on stage as a female and he was so passionate about acting that he said one day he fell on the stage and he uh, his forehead he opened you know he started bleeding the forehead started bleeding okay. and he he did not uh, stop acting he did not stop acting and run off the stage no interesting he, he kept on playing lela because he was so much a lela at that time that even when he uh, was bleeding from the forehead it was a part of lela he was lela you see so lela was bleeding and he kept on with his uh, whatever story it was whatever acting he was doing so from there you could see that maharaj was a very passionate and a, i feel an avid drama theater person he was because kathak as you know is a storytelling dance and uh, all he was a kathakar and he used to say to me later you know kathak uh, the kathakar kathak real kathak is here and he would show his face the face he said the eyes the way the face expresses this is real kathak and that is actually also acting huh and uh, uh, in a way he said the movements of your arms and legs and whatever is all right it is a technique but kathak is from your face of what are you feeling of your expressions of how you are and he was very right he was so true in this because unless and until your innermost being feels something and it comes onto your face into your eyes because the eyes are the, are the mirror of your soul and if the, the your expression will come into your eyes and this is uh, what he said is real kathak and what he meant by that pure art is real expression is the expression of your soul that is real art that is pure art and any art whether it is singing whether it is painting whether it is uh, kathak dancing any type of dance has to show the expression your real inner expression if there is no real inner expression you can be the best uh, technique uh, technical kathakar but you are not a, an artist you are not pure art so so the thing is we have uh, maharaj when he used to sit he used to sit on the floor we all used to sit on the floor and then he would have the students stand up and uh, he would take them through the moves you think he would speak and how he would speak was drama in itself he would uh, the way he used to speak i still to hear someone else speak like that speak the toras toras the tukras in that way and 
when he used to speak the Tukras, it was as if he was feeling them and he was actually relating a story in the Tukra. And that is, his voice would crescendo, would go up, would go down, whatever. Most it was up and he would, he was so full of energy that uh, his voice would flow into the air and people would look at him rather than look at the dancer. When he used to sit next on the stage and speak the tukra for the, his student, people would be looking at him. He would like go, he would say, he just, you know, it, it was, and with his gestures, he would use his arms to gesture the tukra. And it was as if he was sitting down and he was dancing. He was so charismatic. You, you could see that when he was sitting down on the floor, then he would, if you go into a warrior piece, he would do the warrior piece. If you go into a gentle piece, mm -hmm. he would do the gentle piece, you see. So all his voice and his movements were all expressive, his eyes, how he would look, how he would turn his head, how he would, you know, it was the way he would sit on the floor and the people would be just looking at him, they would be so moved by what he was doing, mm -hmm. that he was, that is why he said Kathak is in your face and he would sit on the floor and he would show us Kathak. So okay. that is, uh, uh, that is what he would, he was that charismatic. Hmm. And uh, also he was a very lovely person. He would be very friendly. He would talk to people. He would, you know, joke with them. He would laugh. He would, I, he, there was everything, you know, he was a and a genuinely loving person. So the, when I used to go to my class, I would be sitting with him for three hours and not get bored at all. And he would be like, you see, he would, uh, we would be sitting in the class. I never used to drink tea. Uh, never from a childhood have I drunk tea. And he, uh, the tea would come for Maharaj and there would be little cups. And he, I said, no, Maharaj, I don't. No, 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 no. Yeah, just half a cup. Mm -hmm. Half a cup. Here, here, have a cup. And I got my habit of drinking tea <laughs> from, from his, you know, okay. from his tray. So he would, he would, was, but he was also very candid as well. You know, he, if he didn't like anyone, he would just show it. I mean, he, he, he couldn't, uh, he never used to uh, put on uh, right. something artificial, you know, mm -hmm. like that. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. what else was I saying? Maharaj, you said, yes, Maharaj, and people loved him. People would see him walking down the road and he would walk and walk and he would have his stick, walking stick and his flowing robes and people would just stop and look at him. He was uh, so, such a, uh, you know, this figure, you know, uh, of this. Uh, and what I was impressed with was the first time I went and here I see this old man coming. He's saying he's 80, 85 years old or something. I don't know his real age. But he looks okay, he is old, right? And he uh, jumps up and sits down on the, on the, that round pillow, Gautakya we call it, uh, uh, you know, 
he used to he would be as sprightly as a little kid he would jump up and he jump down and sit on the uh, floor in front of his uh, pillow and uh, i would look at him i said oh my god uh, you see this person doing this at this age you know and that was uh, quite remarkable i must say that at this age he would be so active he would be so uh, full of energy his voice was full of energy his his arms his everything he was full of energy and uh, he kept everyone captivated by his uh, uh, talk by his gestures by his uh, teaching kathak to his students uh, i i remember um, all these um, great uh, gavayas uh, singers classical singers would come and sit with him while he was taking his class and uh, i won't take the name of one but very famous singer uh, who's passed away now he said that you know we learn from maharaj when he says his tukras we learn the rhythm and how he says we learn it from him in our singing we use that uh, uh, you know the rhythmic patterns and then our uh, other kawal uh, uh, you know there was a whole group and we would call them chacha chacha means younger brother of my father you know and uh, like maharaj uh, so he was brother to maharaj we would call him chacha you know and they would also come and sit so that he was always surrounded by people always always even in his room uh, in uh, anarkali where he used to live there were always people coming to visit him to sit with him to listen to him he would have philosophy he would have he would uh, have stories he would you know he would talk about anything and everything so he was a very popular person hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing so many stories. I loved the recitation you did, and yeah, th- thanks for everything that you shared right now. And thanks for painting that picture again. And one another thing I want to touch on, Bina Ji, is you talked about Ustad Behens, and uh, uh-huh. so because the interesting thing is like I've been talking to some students in Gurukul Dubai, and they talk about Guru Behens, and I'd like uh-huh. to when you talk about Ustad Behens, like the people you trained with, could you tell us about the camaraderie you shared with them and the exp and that having that community of dancers who have the same guru what was that like for you well i was you know uh, when i first went to maharaj um, i remember that they were uh, his older students you know the ones who had already learned from him and were still learning from him uh, amongst them was uh, nahid uh, siddiqui um, my ustad she's the senior and then there was one boy shams as well i don't know where he is now uh, and uh, every time uh, they would come these elder students and they would dance i would be fascinated i would be looking at them and think ah, how beautiful you know they are doing this and they're doing that you know and then later on when nahid uh, 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 left pakistan and she went abroad uh, we every time she would come and i would hold this cons- uh, program for her uh she would uh, come to my house for her practice and we had a lovely time with nahid practicing and she was such a oof uh how could you say a very very dedicated uh kathakar and her practice would go on and on and uh, there were so many things i would just watch her 
I would look at her and the musicians would come and uh, how they played the tabla. And I learned a lot from just sitting and observing. And uh, she was very kind to, uh, you know, uh, tell me, okay, Bina, you can, this is what is happening. Uh, this is how, this is how we count, da, 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 you know. And so we would have, it was a very lovely thing that Nahid and uh, myself, and then there were his other students who would come to my house to do their practice and uh, so on and so forth. So we, uh, I never felt that uh, there was any, you know, difference uh, between us. We were like a family and, uh, uh, you know, I, that's it. I would say that um, I, I don't, well, actually, I don't know. Uh, I was not in the field, you know. I was uh, not a professional dancer. I was, uh, Maharaj was training me to become a teacher because he said that, uh, Bibi, your uh, family would not uh, allow you to become a professional dancer. Though th there was one time when I felt that since I, I was dancing so much and I was practicing so much, I would like people, I would like to show people what I know. But that was also, I think, uh, you know, every uh, person has something in their mind. I want to show somebody that I know something, right? But that never, I did perform in very secluded uh, uh, functions, right? Uh, and I got, I could say, okay, that part of me wanting to show people what I knew, that is also a part you're going through. And when you're wanting, motivated to, to do something new, to create, choreograph something by yourself, and uh, which I was doing in, even in those days, because if I was to perform somewhere, I would want to choreograph something of my own. And I did it. Um, but there, these occasions were far and far apart. They were not like regular, uh, you know, like a professional dancer would have more, I think, uh, performances. But I was only supposed to perform amongst ladies' clubs, you know, or maybe the Asian study group, I remember, the foreigners. And then there was this uh, uh, consulate uh, of foreigners, you know. So I used to usually perform amongst an audience which was, uh, uh, you could say, more from abroad or more ladies or something like that. It's just not, I would say, not uh, for the family. It wasn't dangerous you know like an open public uh, stage uh, so i did do those performances early on uh, and then later on i did uh, what i did was that i choreographed a lot of uh, shows for multinational companies uh, and uh, it they it, i would get students uh, and train them uh, to perform uh, tableaus like uh, dance dramas. So mostly the programs which I did were dance dramas in which there was a Kathak and uh, acting as well. So those happened uh, right after the dictatorship and uh, when people were wanting to bring back some color in their lives and, and they would want to see dances and stories and this and that. So then they would call me to uh, choreograph shows, which I did uh, with my students and other uh, art students as well to train them and to 
make them ready to stand. You see, we had very few uh, trained Kathakas in, in Pakistan. Uh, Nahiji was abroad, uh, but here in Pakistan, there were very few dancers. And so what I had had to do was to bring in students who had a little bit of movement in them, flexibility, and train them to do certain movements uh, which they just needed to do this uh, item piece of dance drama. And uh, my one student who has really gone ahead and done a lot is Adnan, and he was my helper. You could say my assistant. My daughter, Zainab, who's a Kathaka, again, she used to assist me. And then my Ismat, my little uh, number three daughter, she would take part in those uh, dance dramas as well. So you could say it was like uh, as many as I could gather and then bring others from uh, other uh, universities to take part in the, in the dance drama, in this whole big, and there were shows lasting for an hour and more and so on that way. So they, we did quite a lot of shows that way. But then that period also passed and uh, uh, I did, uh, I was going to the schools as well to teach. So over there, uh, what happened was that I learned how to teach little kids. So I think my forte now is to teach little children. And what I've seen is in, in Harsuk as well, I've trained uh, my, my kids, my students, and uh, they, start, they start learning as soon as they're five, six years old. And even uh, younger, I, I try to you know, teach them simple rhythm. You know. So by the time they are eight years old or 10 years old, they, they are doing quite well. And, um, but again, you see, Pramit, what happens is I have had a lot of students all these uh, years, I don't know, in thousands, and I've trained many, many school children, um, you know, to even uh, do a katakarana, you know, that was my syllabus. I made a syllabus for my school uh, and how to do from class one to two, three, four, five, six. And uh, I made a syllabus and we followed the syllabus. And in that uh, syllabus I had, my goal was that in this class, they're going to learn this. In the second class, they're going to do this, 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 this. And so the children did become uh, proficient in, in doing the technique because they're little children. Of course, the expression as yet is not going to come, but, uh, but they can move the arms and the feet and do the tatkar and whatever, the tarana. Uh, but uh, you see very few of them, if I say I've got thousands of students, but very few of them actually turn, come and take this up seriously. They would rather go do their MBBA or BBA or uh, MBBS, you know, the doctor or, or law or this and that, because you see, it is all financial. It is all economical. You know, if they're not going, not being going to earn anything out of uh, taking this seriously, why are they going, the parents are saying, oh, leave it. Why are you going to do it? Because you're not going to earn anything out of it, right? Uh, so you only, what happens is that eventually then a kathaka needs to be a person who is not worried about earning anything out of it. You see, you forget, I told my students, my, my, these, all my children, I said, uh, look, don't ever compromise your kathak to earn something out of it. 
art, fine art, cannot be sold. Pure art cannot be sold. It can be appreciated, but do not expect that you will earn something out of it. So I took them to a school at here. I said, your bread and butter line can become teaching. So you go to a school and you start teaching. And that is your bread and butter. But when you want to do any other thing, don't compromise on it. Don't compromise on your kathak or your singing or whatever you're doing. Don't try to sell it, right? Now, Adnan is a boy. Uh, and when he was uh, young, he went to NCA, the National College. And uh, he said, uh, Amma, they, they all called me Amma. Amma, I, people call me Nacha Nacha. It's a bad word meaning to say, oh, he's a dancer, you know. And uh, he, he used to feel very perturbed. And uh, I said, it doesn't matter, Adnan, it's all right. If you want to do it, you do it. Don't care what other people are saying, right? It is you, it is your heart, it is your heart. Don't, but, you know, it is very difficult for people, uh, uh, young people mm -hmm. to... Uh, be called, uh, that, you know, yeah. people throwing words at them with this and that, you know, criticizing them. And, uh, but he's been very uh, steadfast. He has uh, gone out and he's learned and learned and done and done. So he's really performed. He's found, and, and in the beginning, I told them, all my other students, as I said, look, you are Kathakas, right? You want to dance. And it is your passion. And I know when it is a passion because my students are all passionate. If they're not passionate, then they're not my students. So I said, look, if you want to dance and you want to go out into the public and dance, start off, don't charge them too much. Throw your dance at them. Then give them a sample of it. Show them what you can do. And you will find followers and you will find people and Gigs will come to you uh, which have money, but in the beginning, don't expect money out of what you're doing. And you're doing it for your own love of dance. And don't uh, expect that you're going to be paid heavily for it. You might not make a living out of it, but you are going to dance for your own heart, right? For your own love of it, for your own passion. And if things are to come your way, if money is to come, your way, it will, right? Don't run after it. Don't run after the money. Otherwise, you're going to lose your art. You're going to, you, what, what can you sell your passion? You can't sell your passion. Your passion is for yourself only. You can be dancing in your own room and you feel how that dance is lifting you, is lifting you up and how your, your mind is at peace, how your heart is flowering. And that is, that is dance. Not that you have to have a gig, you have to have this money, you have to go on the stage, you have to show people. No, no. The real dance is happens when you're totally free from all worry, all stress, all tension, and you're one with your inner self, with your higher self. You are one with yourself. Only then real dance happens. Before that, dance is just an exercise. It might be an exercise to earn money. I don't believe in it. I don't believe you should exercise to earn money. No, 
It should come from the heart. It should be passionate. It, and then you don't care. I, I was lucky because I was a married woman. My husband was uh, earning for me. He said to me, you are not going to do any job. That was, I feel I'm very blessed that he forbade me to go to any office to do a job. And uh, I had the opportunity staying at home to learn all these things, to learn whatever I was passionate about. The school thing started when the school next door, the principal said to me, oh, you're wasting your talent. Why don't you come to my school and start teaching my children? And she dragged me, literally dragged me to her school. And oh, wow. okay. In the beginning, I said, oh my God, what am I going to do? This little kid, okay, teaching dance to an elder was, is fine because they understand, you know, but little kids, I said, oh, and then I had to learn. I had to teach myself how to teach these kids. And they have been a blessing in disguise, the little ones. The little ones are so pure, so innocent. And when you tell them something, they, they pick up so cutely. They are so... You know, they are without questioning, without any question, they pick what you are going to tell them, right? They're right. so, you know, yeah. And uh, so I feel that staying with these little kids all my life has really kept me very much in touch with, with their little, with the childlike, the childlike purity, you see. Right. And that is uh, also of the soul, that is of the heart. It is the heart. And that is uh, my main theme is that unless we have heart, unless we recognize ourselves, unless we recognize our consciousness, uh, we cannot give anything to the world. Uh, we can be very beautiful dancers, but if we are blank in the eyes and blank in the heart, then it is no dance whatsoever. So? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then that gives us a lot to dig through. And since it's clear that you get a lot of joy and passion out of teaching little kids, could you give mm -hmm. us an anecdote of like teaching Kathak to little kids and when you were teaching a step or a choreography, what was that story like? You know, uh, I still remember mm -hmm. uh, there was this one class, I think maybe it was class two or very little, little girls, you know. And I was teaching them one movement of the hands going up over your head and you're looking up towards, you know. Uh, it was almost like, you see, basically, Pramit, my, when I teach kids, I teach them about the divine. Uh, not teach them, but tell them, talk to them about the divine. This, my stories are about the divine and about the heart and about love. So I saw this little girl and uh, she lifted her arms up and her eyes turned upwards, and I could see the divine in her. It was as if her eyes, her whole body, her arms going up, and her expression on her face of purity was like, I just kept on looking at her. Wow, look at this little child, and so pure. So, you know, there are, and then when you were teaching little kids, you feel this love coming out for they because they're so lovely, they're so loving uh, that you feel your heart uh, sending love to them. Because I myself am a mother, Pramit, so I I feel that uh, that the the mother's love 
is uh, what we call is the divine. Hmm? And uh, if everyone felt like a mother uh, and felt that mother's love, uh, which is uh, uh, in our language we say that is the name of our God, Allah. He's the mother's love, right? I'm sure in every religion uh, it is the same thing. Uh, but but you can uh, I think I am lucky in a way to have have children around me uh, forever and uh, to to and the child communicates you see the elder ones my elder students mashallah are also very very loving and very open with me I there is a, a relationship I would say they call me amma I am their amma right. And uh, I don't think any child or any student should be discouraged or be will never do it. No, that is, uh, it is not upon the teacher to criticize and to, uh, to put down the student. The student, each student is different, is unique. Every student has their own personality, has their own way of learning, has their some are slow, some are fast, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in which speed they're going to learn so long. But the main thing is that their hearts should be open. Their hearts should be full of love and full of thankfulness, full of lack. There should be no pressure, no competition. There should be no feeling of competition or ambition. What is ambition? Ambition is another name for competition that I want to become the uh, topmost dancer in this country. No, that is, what is that? What is that? That is ambition. Uh, that is then, that means if it is ambition, then you're going to compete with everyone else. That is competition. And what are these two things going to do to you? They're going to close your heart. You're no longer going to have an open heart because you're competing with everyone else. In our school here in Hasuk, we don't allow for a competition. Okay, they can have their private ambition so long as it does not uh, invade others' space and uh, or harm the other. You see, if there's ambition, it can be a personal ambition. Like I can say, okay, I can go into my room. I, I want to do my tatkar in third speed. It should be in good tempo and you can work hard for it. That can be a good ambition. Okay, I'm going to work on my tatkar. I'm going to, uh, you know, get better at this. But what is competition? Competition is negative. It means that if I'm doing tatkar, I should be better than that person who's doing tatkar. So what happens? You're suddenly, this is me and that is you. There is no me and no you. We're all the same. We're all the, the one human family. We are all the same. We each of us have the same desires, the uh, insecurities, the fears, the whatever, whatever. Uh, and we, it's up to us to help each other to, for the other, not by telling them, oh, you should behave like this, you should sit like this, you should do this arm movement like this. No, not like that, but through positive energy, through encouraging them, through motivating them, through helping them. Oh, it's all right, it's all right. If you can't do it now, uh, you will do it tomorrow. Just keep on it. 
it's coming, it's coming. Yes, another two, three days, you're going to get it, right? Why I don't understand that when people become uh, better, let us say, famous or well-known, that they suddenly put on airs and they suddenly become very competitive and they don't allow the other into... Uh, so I'm, thankfully, I'm away. I'm not in that uh, professional ring, what you said, the boxing ring, you see? Uh, because when people become professional and they start vying with each other for that space, for that one place, uh, they can be quite cruel to each other. So I feel that in, in Kathak, uh, I have been blessed that my passion, it has just been my passion, and I have enjoyed myself thoroughly learning Kathak, performing Kathak, and then teaching Kathak, and doing all those shows which I did for the people. They were enjoyable at that time. Now I, I won't think of doing another uh, big show because it really takes a lot of effort. At, right. It, it takes about a month and more, um, two months to, to create a show, you know. Right. I don't have that time. I don't have that time. I would rather be now I'm at ease. I'm peaceful in this Harsuk community. I teach dance uh, to kids. They come, they come to me and say, oh, will, will you teach us this? Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Anyone who comes to me and say, uh, will you teach? Okay, okay, come. You learn this. Uh, it's, there's no uh, uh, strict rules with me. Okay. I don't, uh, they, they, uh, someone asked me, uh, will you teach me? I said, okay, you come and learn. Mm -hmm. But then uh, they themselves, those who come to learn, right. they will know whether they're going to stick to it or not. You know, it is a difficult thing. Kathak is not an easy thing. It's a very tough exercise. And it requires a lot of passion as well. So you can immediately see in the, the student who comes to ask you to teach them dance, how passionate they're about it. And, and if they are passionate, they will take it. They learn. They, 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 they will, uh, they've done it. I've seen them. They have, those who have been passionate, they have, they've done it. They have uh, been successful in a way, in their own way. What I mean by success is not how much money you earn out of it or how many shows you do. Success means that when they can stand up and they can feel light, happy, in, uh, in loving and be able to do their movement in a, in, connected to their inner selves, you see? That is success. Success means when you are happy, that means you are successful. When you are at peace, when you're content, when you are uh, enjoying dancing, that means you are successful. Right. It doesn't matter what your style is. There are hundred different styles of Kathak. We are not trying to say this style is better or that style is better. No. You see, I'll tell you one. Oh, I just remember this. Right. I was teaching in a drama school. I was brought in to teach movement. And I had these boys, these young boys about maybe... 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age, maybe, you know, and they had come in to learn drama from this drama school. So I was saying to them, look, uh, I will show you this, do this one poetry, piece of poetry I sang for them. And I said, we are going to move to this, to the, what the words are meaning to say. And we are going to uh, do movement, you know, uh, 
uh, to this. So this there was this uh, these about eight, seven eight boys were going around in a circle, and they were uh, trying to follow the movements along with the poetry, and they were uh, moving. Now this one fellow who comes from a village uh, outside, uh, you know, uh, and uh, he says, "I have never danced." I said, "No, never mind. If you have never danced, it's all right. It's always the first time." Um, and, and this is just expression. You are to move your, however you're feeling the words, you're feeling the words and you're moving with the words, right? And you're trying to express those words. I tell you, Pramit, I was so happy looking at him that I burst out almost out of happiness, a laughter which comes out of happiness, you know. Uh, they could have said, oh, she's laughing at, no. I said, no, this boy, Look at this boy, he's never danced in his life. And the way he's moving, and his body, and his arms, and his legs, and everything of his, him, he's understanding the words, and his body is, is, is moving through the words, is expressing the words. I said, I'm just happy to see that his whole beingness is in his movement. He is so pure movement. His arms were awkward. His legs were awkward. He didn't know how to move. But his expression was so pure. It was so pure that I said, my God, I can still remember him. He was one person, uh, such a sweetheart. He was one person. That is what real, real soul is. That is what that person showed. His real soul, his inner being, his heart. His expression was coming out in whichever way, and his body was trying to, to show that expression. That was, I said, he was better than all the others who were trying to follow the movement, trying to copy the movement, but not feeling it, not feeling it. They were trying to, okay, they saw me do some movement, and they were trying to copy the movement, uh, but they were not being able to express what the movement, what the words were trying to say, right? And this boy, new, a newbie, newcomer, he just, he was like, just so pure. He was, I mean, I can still remember him. And you, you meet these people, you meet these people suddenly, some are more, have this connection to their uh, inner, and, and they can, when they feel sad, they can show sadness. If they feel happy, they can show happiness. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they feel it is like the height of drama, you know, the height mm -hmm. of expression. Uh, this is Kathak. This is Kathak. The mm -hmm. height of expression that you feel it inside yourself and your whole body, your fingers, your arms, your, everything shows that expression. And that is... Uh, uh, I think wonderful how some people, I mean, it's inherent, it's inbred in some people. And not everyone can come to that stage immediately, you know. But uh, Kathak, eventually, the ultimate of Kathak is that you learn the technique first, you learn how your arms are opening, closing, down, what your, you know, whatever, your feet are this and that. But eventually, when it comes into your heart, into your, when you start dancing and you forget who's around you. Only, only you are there. Only your feelings are there. Only what you're trying to say, your inner story is there. And that is being expressed through your, every part of your body and your eyes and your face. That is Kathak.
so i i wish i wish we had that this there are some how would you say um, but of course that again comes through the development of the person of the life it is a life journey kathak is a life journey that you start off as a young man you go mature into an older person you go through life you go through all the ups and downs of life uh, you start uh, examining your inner self you start coming to terms with your heart you start coming to realize who you are and you accept yourself and you love yourself for whoever you are regardless of whether there are insecurities or whatever but you don't condemn uh, these things and you try to find yourself and all this life is the master and this life brings to you people and events and incidents which gives you something uh, with through some tools for you to understand who you are and eventually when you grow up uh, up meaning to say become elder older and you understand what life is all about and who you are in this life uh, that you can then then be just just yourself just yourself without trying to imitate others without trying to compete with others without trying to uh, you know follow in the footsteps of others mm-hmm. and uh, just become yourself okay and when, when you become yourself then real dancing starts happening okay real dancing what i dancing what i mean is real mm-hmm. movement real your inner coming out into your body your okay. inner expression right hmm. okay hmm. and vinaji i guess one more thing i wanted to ask you when we come we're talking about real dancing expression and could you tell us a little bit about harsak school since how it got established what the work that happens there the students and community over there uh, you know when we shifted if we shifted to this harsak uh, community there's these buildings were it took about 7 years to build because they are built in the old style of mogal architecture and uh, uh, when i shifted here my workers also shifted with me and they had little kids about we had three or four or five little kids uh, belonging to the to my helpers house help domestic help right and i said oh uh, they are uh, running about all day and they're not uh, learning anything they're not becoming literate you know uh, it should be something for them so that they become literate and educated so i uh, looked around and after trying out a few tuitions i met with a person uh, who had retired from uh, from teaching play group and younger classes uh, for 34 years so i told her i said please come uh, to hasuk and let's try to you know open a little school for these little kids so she came and and these five we started the school with the five kids belonging to the domestics you know and uh, helpers and and uh, so she started that and i myself with the always children i was giving them kathak classes in my courtyard so they were learning kathak as well and the school had also in the library section of my uh, institute i had put the kids there and the teachers started there was this one teacher and she brought her other friend as well so within an in another the three months there were 35 students in that room belonging to various ages and various classes you know uh, so 35 after 35 students my daughters were also involved 
Zainab and Ismat and you know, and uh, so the 35 students went on to become 65 students. And then we had a summer camp and we had children coming from the city as well. And it was a good summer camp with music and dance and all these things, you know. And then, uh, then uh, the children from 65 went on to 100 students. And now we had started to divide them into different classes. Wow. Uh, even amazing. before that, you know. So now we have uh, a regular school in which uh, the kinder, we have a kindergarten as well. First, we thought we won't have the kindergarten because the kindergarten and children need to stay with the moms, with the mothers, uh, to get that love and affection from the mothers. You see, it's very necessary for the child to stay with the mother. So, um, and this education thingy should start after uh, the child has uh, reached a good age of understanding, you know, that is usually up to seven years of age. So, but the locality, mothers of this locality, they don't have time for the children. They're so busy in the houses, cooking and cleaning and sweeping and looking at the husband and having five, six, eight children per household, you know. So they don't have any time to give these uh, little kids any attention or, you know, whatever. So they like, want to send the children to school immediately as soon as the child is potty trained, maybe three years old or something. So then we said, okay, we'll, if the mothers can't look after them, then we should look after them. So we opened the kindergarten and we have a play group now and we have a nursery and a prep. And uh, 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 then we have the class one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then we have the eldest classes nine who are going to uh, prepare for preparing for the exams, you know, uh, higher exams. So the little ones, uh, the junior school. Um, now we have a, a person, uh, early. It's called an early, early child's early training, early what early years of the child, whatever, and uh, and uh, we use we really give the children a lot of diverse activities. The little ones are uh, either coloring, uh, painting watercolors, they're doing play work, they're making things with their hands, you know, play. Then they are, uh, there's the sand pit for the little ones. They go and play in the sand. Then they have uh, poems in the morning circle. They have, they have poems and they have little games and they have, uh, you know, they're doing all sorts of activities, motor reflexes, uh, learning to coordination. Then when Kamran comes, my, my student and assistant, uh, Kamran, I get him to do the tempo, one, two, one, two, uh, right, left, right, left, you know that, so that mm -hmm. they recognize the right and left and the, the feet right and left. So this is how they start and they uh, okay. come into tempo. And then so from uh, onwards they go and class one, they, class ones can do a tukra, class two, three can do a tarana. Oh, you know? okay. That's ah, interesting. Ah, ah. Uh, 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 they, uh, whenever they see me, Amma, we want to do the Tarana. Baby. <laughs> two, of my, two, of my, two of my little kids, they come to me every evening to my house, to my room, and then I see them, and they, have, they are very excited. They want to do the Tarana. So they are doing Tarana nowadays. Then okay. I have got my other students who come, and they are learning classical vocal from me. So they are learning ragas. So, uh, so there are three boys who come and, uh, and, uh, and learn. Nearly every day they come to me. So you can see that they are, uh, the, those who live at Hasupila, you know, these, these children who come to me, uh, they are lucky that they live in Hasup, you know, so they can come anytime they want. 
but those who come from around the locality they can't they're not that easy to walk up to you know and uh, so they their hours are from 8:30 to uh, the little ones 12 then the uh, uh, middle school is 1 and then the higher one is 140 so by 140 they get off and uh, then they go back home they walk back home uh, because they belong to the surrounding area the villages around right right and uh, but they are very very i must say intelligent kids uh, they have shining eyes they're curious they're so full of love and life and uh, they want to learn everything whatever they, they learn carpentry they learn jitsu taekwondo they learn kathak they learn singing they learn painting they learn whatever, whatever we can give them uh, we want them to learn okay and, and now oh yeah and they now i was amazed uh, there was this class uh, i think it is class 6 and they are making uh, these little anim- animation you know uh, these little little statues of characters you know so they build the characters and now they're going to make an animation film using those characters about plus i think this uh, do it's some plaster scene with which they have made these characters you know it's very mm-hmm. interesting i said oh this would be so exciting for them to see how their characters are are uh, you know uh, making a moving uh, animation film you know right and uh, yeah so they learn they learn everything mm-hmm. photography whatever whatever calligraphy to me you know stitching knitting embroidery uh, they learn all these activities which we used we used to learn when we were younger but nowadays the schools do not uh, you know give this to the children right and uh, okay. and uh, this is very necessary i think mm. okay mm. so pinna ji uh, last question for you and then we'll conclude so now that we know about your life you know that you've been doing father for 40 years you've had thousands of students under you you mm. run this community of harsok so mm. and I, this is a question i ask most of my guests in the sense when it comes to legacy and impact what would you like your legacy to be and the impact that you leave in the world of kathak well uh, i have always been have uh, tried my best absolutely to throw kathak onto the stages so that it should not die out it should, please people mm-hmm. know what kathak is you know mm-hmm. and uh, i will keep on trying I, I, what i feel is that my students yeah now the only legacy you can leave is through your students right mm-hmm. that if i if my the, the students keep on uh, you know keep on uh, with kathak and like i said in the schools in these schools if we keep on teaching kathak then at least we can be sure that the students leaving the school will have had a first hand experience of kathak so they won't turn around and say oh this is what is this this is nothing this is bad you know at least they will know having gone through it themselves to know that it is a disciplined exercise it is full of discipline and uh, uh, how should hard work dedication that you can become a kathakkar and kathak is not what people say it is it is not taboo it is there's nothing in it which makes it taboo it has no vulgarity it has no artificiality 
no superficiality. It is not there to entertain the audience for heaven's sake. It is not there for as some woman dancing, let's say, in front of male audience mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, arouse them. No, no, mm -hmm. no. Kathak is very pure. It is, it is, uh, I used to say it is my ibadat, meaning say it is my worship. Kathak right. is, is, is uh, so pure and the purity depends on the niyat, the intention of the Kathakar. Right. If the Kathakar is a loose person, mm -hmm. then the Kathak will become loose. But if the Kathakar is a genuine, pure soul, it can only become divine. Okay. You know, it is not the act itself. It is the intention behind the act. And the intention gives the color to the act. Okay. It, yeah. So, so people should become aware of what Kathak is mm -hmm. done by a pure person. And they should not mix it up with Natch which is uh, for commercial use, mm -hmm. for other use, right? right. They, should, they should have the discernment. They should understand what Kathak is. Okay. And that, may my students, uh, inshallah, they will uh, keep on doing it and they will bring forth the correct, uh, or I should say the pure definition of what Kathak is, right? So right. Uh, I feel, because that is what we can do. Pramit, we can't, uh, we can't ensure that things will become confidory. No, yep. we can just leave something there, right? Mm, mm? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. okay. So, yeah. So that with that being as uh, yeah, I'd like to bring it to the end of the show. Uh, thanks a lot for agreeing to do this. I had some issues here and there, but I'm glad we got to do this. Learning about your life, learning about the people you've interacted, and how you've really helped Kathak grow in Pakistan and and the contributions you've made. So thank you for all of that, and yeah. That's what I'd like You're to welcome, say. You're welcome, Pramit. Welcome.